In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as Bitcoin recaptures 38,000 looking to make a new 18-month high. Let's go. Also breaking news, Brazilian Bitcoin ETFs now have nearly $100 million in assets under management. Also breaking news, the SEC delays $1.5 trillion. Asset manager Franklin Templeton spot Bitcoin ETF application. Also, the new Argentina president, Javier Malay, meeting with corrupted former USA president, Bill Clinton, a reminder to trust nobody and verify everything. Also in today's show, the 11th anniversary of Bitcoin's first halving from 12 bucks to 37,000. We'll also be discussing buy the rumor, sell the news. Bitcoin ETF may spark a trade-fi sell-off. We'll also be discussing a Bitcoin metric that looks into the future, eyeing 48,000 Bitcoin price action around the time of the ETF. We'll also be discussing the latest with Cardano founder Charles Hoskinson going off on the SEC and Bitcoin, mad that it gets a pass while Cardano and crypto has to suffer, which sparked a pretty interesting debate between him and Adam Back. Also in today's show, we'll be discussing can Bitcoin really achieve Fidel? Fidelity's $1 billion price target and by what year? And speaking of Fidelity, the $4.5 trillion asset manager, they have talked about a 5% allocation into Bitcoin. If the other asset managers of the spot ETFs did the same, that can send the Bitcoin price action to $5.13 million per coin. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. But anyways, fam, let's kick it off with our market watch. Welcome to pod episode number 1475 of the Crypto News Alerts pod. I'm your host, JV, and today is November 28th. 2023. Checking it out right here. We can see Bitcoin is pumping up already 3.5% on the day, trading above $38,200, roughly only 300 away from new 18-month highs. So we'll be watching this price action throughout the show. We have Ether uh, trading back above 2000 up 3.3% on the day. Solana, one of the top gainers, up 7%, trading above 58 bucks. With BNB, XRP, Cardano all also pumping and in the green. And checking out Bitcoin for the past month, because they say, when in doubt, zoom out. Let's see where we at. Bitcoin is still up over 11% on the month. We have Ethereum up 15%, BNB up 1%, XRP up 11%, Cardano up 32%, and Solana stealing the show up over 82%. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap is sitting at $1.43 trillion with roughly $49 billion in volume for the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance back on the climb, currently at 52.1%, with the Ether dominance at 17.3%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we have Say up 34%, Terra Classic up 19%, and the FTT scam token up almost 19%. Now, which altcoins, if any, are you most bullish on for this bull cycle? Please do let me know. And later on in the show, I'll be reading all those comments out loud. And checking out Crypto Bubbles. So 
we can get a broader perspective of the overall market right now. You can see on the day, virtually every major crypto pumping and in the green with say leading the pack up 34%. Zooming out on the weekly, virtually everything in the green with even more impressive gains. And zooming out on the monthly, virtually every major crypto in the green minus a handful such as Satoshi Vision, eHacks, and Hacks. And rumor has it, the SEC is trying to serve Richard Hart, who is the founder of Hacks. And uh, checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated a 68 in greed. Yesterday was a 66, last week a 71, and last month a 72 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. How many of you are currently bullish on the King Crypto? Let me know. We only have a couple more days left of Moonvember before we enter the final month of the year, December, and then 2024, right around the corner. We know Bitcoin having scheduled to take place in April, roughly five months out. Big deadline for the spot ETFs in the United States being January 10th. That's what, roughly 45 days away. So things are about to get lit. But anyways, let's dive into our Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next as we continue this pump. Respect the pump. Bitcoin price is up today, rebounding from the November 20th correction below 37. Isn't it crazy? I told you guys expect the extreme volatility and hitting the intraday high of uh, roughly 38.3. The rally comes as traders bullish bias for the Bitcoin price continues to firm up after traders digested the Binance settlement. The hype around the market's belief that a spot Bitcoin ETF would be approved and bring significant cash inflows into Bitcoin, pushing the price across the crypto market higher. And here you're looking at the Bitcoin price action chart looking quite bullish on the day. Now, initially, the Bitcoin price flashed mixed signals after CZ's guilty plea and the DOJ's $4.3 billion settlement with Binance. I got to use the Janet Yellen term, just saying. After taking some time to digest the outcome, the market began to notice the Binance exchange has not having a max mass exodus of funds like FTX did when its liquidity crisis first became public. Now, while initially Binance's Bitcoin reserves were down 17% from their all-time high, the exchange is starting to see Bitcoin inflows once again. And since the initial outflows, Binance Bitcoin balance is up nearly 1%. And by comparison, the FTX Bitcoin reserves were de depleted by 99.9%, good Lord, from the all-time high when the exchange experienced a run on the bank back in November of 2022 and thus has never recovered. And while Binance's Bitcoin reserves are at their lowest since 2017, they maintain the largest amount of Bitcoin compared to the other centralized exchanges. That's because they're the largest in the world. So here's the tale of the tape. Bitcoin exchange balances. Binance holds 505,000 BTC currently on their balance sheet. Not far behind is Coinbase Pro holding 441,000. We know Coinbase being the largest exchange in the United States. Then we have Bitfinex at 381,000. OKX at 132. 2,000, Gemini at 117,000, Bitflyer at roughly 52,000, Kraken at 50,000, Bybit at roughly 39,000, Bitmax at roughly 18,000, and Gate which I've never heard of, at roughly 13,000. Now, Marcus Levin, the co-founder of the XYO Network, noticed that after the Binance settlement, 
Here's what he had to share. The sustained uptrend for Bitcoin and much of the rest of the digital asset market is uh, demolishingly clear. The pullbacks for Bitcoin are not as pronounced as many have expected, suggesting there is a strong accumulation happening. That's right. We got massive asset managers most likely seeding their spot Bitcoin ETFs, and they can do it indirectly through miners, which more than likely is what many of them, such as BlackRock, are currently doing because they don't want to make the price of the Bitcoin, you know what I mean? increase because they want to keep it on the low. So there's alternative ways to accumulate. Now let's discuss the potential spot Bitcoin ETF approval, boosting market sentiment. Despite a bevy of macro headwinds, the Bitcoin price continues to push higher, achieving now over 130% year-to-date gains. Let's go. With the volatility continually increasing, and with some analysts believing that Binance and the DOJ settlement is bullish for the spot Bitcoin ETF approval, noting a similar deal achieved with Arthur Hayes back with BitMEX a few years back. And taking the positive sentiment further, some believe that the Binance settlement is positive for the entire crypto market, marking the end of the Wild West era. And while Bitcoin market sentiment may be below last month's levels, it remains firmly in greed, reflecting sustained strength, as you can see here in the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. Now quoting Bitcoin hedge fund Capriole, he sees the increased sentiment reflecting on price by noting that a high time frame technical bias is bullish towards a range high of 58,000. Let's go. And on the daily time frames, 42 to 45,000 remains the near term Wyckoff target. And I'm suggesting the same. I feel once we break 38.5, we're likely to head on up to 42,000. Let me know if you agree or disagree. And after the rush of spot Bitcoin ETF amendments back in mid-October, the SEC refused to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF despite numerous applications, including BlackRock, Fidelity, ARK Invest, and 21 shares, all due to Gary Gensler not allowing it to happen. Why do you think that is? Use your brain. The SEC delayed approvals November 17th's deadline. The SEC's next big deadline is January 10th. Both Grayscale and BlackRock execs met with the SEC on November 20th to discuss the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. And according to the reports, an approval may generate $600 billion in new demand. Crypto quant analysts believe that an ETF approval will lead to a $1 trillion increase in the Bitcoin market cap. And Galaxy Digital predicts a 74% price increase in the first year after after the launch of a spot Bitcoin ETF, let me know if you agree or disagree. Now, record weekly inflows as year-to-date total surpass one and a half billion. While some investors may be awaiting increased liquidity from approved ETFs, institutional investors have already begun deploying funds into Bitcoin and crypto. According to CoinShares, the institutional investors have pushed more than one and a half billion into crypto in the past year, as you can see here in this chart. So clearly, these institutions are more bullish than ever before. And of the 1.6 billion pushed to the crypto assets last year, over 1.5 billion flowed directly into Bitcoin. And in the past week, 311 million of institutional inflow was for Bitcoin alone. And the total weekly inflows into crypto by institutional investors of 346 million is the most since November of 2021. And if you remember, it was November 10th, 2021, we hit the current all-time high of $69,000 per BTC. Now for some breaking news just recently in, Brazilian Bitcoin ETFs have now nearly 100 million in assets under management. Can you say bullish? You're damn right. Now, what if Brazil, one of the largest, if not the largest country in South America, was to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? We're talking about a mass population. It would be 
game on, to say the least. Also, another breaking news. Yes, another delay. Unfortunately, the SEC delaying $1.5 trillion. Asset manager Franklin Templeton spot. Bitcoin ETF application. Not so shocking, is it? And also, what is shocking, new Argentine president Javier Malay meeting with corrupted former USA president Bill Clinton. A reminder to trust nobody and verify everything. Why do you think he's meeting up with these mofos? I mean, he just got elected president. Here's what David Icke has to share. Why does the mainstream fake alternative media keep swooning over these frauds? It's pathetic. Malay, Wilders, Trump, Maloney, uh, ad infinitum. The people are awakening, comes the cry. Yes, they are. But the next stage of this awakening is to see the politics and political saviors are not the answer. They're the problem. Diversions, calculated time buying cul-de-sacs. Oh, but they are right wing and telling us what we want to hear. Exactly. And the mainstream fake alternative buys it over and over, uh, natively, the human disease. Once you fall right wing or left wing, the cult has you. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that sentiment. Do you think Javier Malay is the real deal? Or did he deceive all of us by talking a big game and ending the central bank, you know what I mean, in Argentina? That chainsaw, you know what I mean? Talking about being pro-Bitcoin, anti-CBDC. Was he just blowing smoke up our butts, knowing that's what we want to hear, but already doing business with these corrupt mofos? Uh, only reporting what Fidelity said. Exactly. That's 100% correct. So don't shoot the messenger. When I share these targets, I don't pull them out of my butt. I'm actually citing the one of the largest asset managers in the entire planet. But with that being shared, now let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss the Bitcoin halving, which is right around the corner. Because check it, this is the 11th anniversary of Bitcoin's first halving from 12 bucks to 37,000. We've come quite a long ways. Bitcoin, the largest crypto by market value, experienced its first halving 11 years ago today. So happy Bitcoin halving anniversary, fam. As the community celebrates the anniversary of the first Bitcoin halving, it's timely to revisit visit some of Bitcoin's historical milestones ahead of the next halving expected in April 2024, roughly five months out. How many of you are pretty pumped up for the next halving? Do let me know. The first Bitcoin transaction occurred nearly 15 years ago, January 3rd of 2009, a few months after the synonymous creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, published the Bitcoin white paper in October of 2008. Then November 28th of 2012, three years and 10 months after Bitcoin's first block was mined, the first ever halving event took place. At the time, Bitcoin traded at around $12. And according to data from StatMoose, 308,000% below Bitcoin's current price, according to data from CoinGecko. Now imagine being involved in Bitcoin at this time in 2012 at around the time of the halving and your gains of Bitcoin being up 308,000%. Good Lord. Now, though Bitcoin's halving and digital currencies, 21 million supply cap are not directly described in Nakamoto's white paper, the document still hints at certain mechanisms to control the creation of the new Bitcoin. Here's what the white paper reads. To compensate for increasing hardware speed and varying interest in running nodes over time, the proof of work difficulty is determined by a moving average targeting an average number of blocks per hour. If they're generated too fast, the difficulty increases. So unlike some basic info in the Bitcoin white paper, the having aspect is mentioned in the Bitcoin source code. The having is specifically available on the Bitcoin core GitHub 
repository on the validation CPP file, which indicates the miner's block subsidy is cut in half every 210,000 blocks, which will occur roughly every four years. Now, the Bitcoin halving mechanism had been programmed into the Bitcoin mining algorithm to counteract inflation by maintaining scarcity. That's right. Before the first halving occurred, miners were compensated with as much as 50 BTC per block. After the first halving event back in 2012, the subsidy was slashed to 25 BTC. How many of you were around in Bitcoin at this year of 2012? Let me know. And followed by the second halving in 2016, which reduced the subsidy to 12 and a half BTC. And the most recent Bitcoin halving occurred in 2020, cutting the block subsidy from 12 and a half BTC to six and a quarter BTC. Now, how many halvings have you experienced? I got started in Bitcoin in 2017. So right after the 2016 halving occurred, and I saw Bitcoin skyrocket from roughly 1500 from early 2017 to as high as 20,000 that same year. So talk about the market being lit. And that was my introduction into Bitcoin. Now, as Bitcoin having significantly increased the crypto scarcity, the Bitcoin price cycle has been historically impacted by the halvings. That's right. It all runs on a four-year cyclical cycle. Now, just a year after its first ever halving, Bitcoin risen to nearly 1,000, while the second halving triggered a 350% surge during the year after the event. And with Bitcoin subsequently rallying to then all-time highs of nearly $20,000 in December of 2017. So in the aftermath of the third Bitcoin halving, Bitcoin surged to its all-time high of almost 69,000. And I believe that was on November 10th of November of 2021. Here you can see the Bitcoin halving history. Numbers don't lie. You can see the prices on the halving day, as well as the prices 150 days later. Now, the anniversary of the first Bitcoin halving comes as the crypto community awaits for the fourth Bitcoin halving, only five months out, expected to occur currently on April 17th of next year. Many Bitcoin advocates were especially bullish on the Bitcoin price in 2024 amid the growing expectations that the U.S. regulators can finally approve the spot Bitcoin ETF. And the top ETF analysts over at Bloomberg still give it a 90% probability that we get the approval by January 10th. And Matrixport recently published a study. They believe there's a 100% chance of the approval. But what are your thoughts, fam? The 2024 halving won't be the last one, though. Bitcoin miner reward is expected to be half 34 more times until it reaches zero BTC after all 21 million Bitcoin are officially mined. And based on the current schedule, the maximum supply of 21 million Bitcoin will be reached at around the year 2140. So we've got quite some time left until the final Bitcoin is mined. But let me know your thoughts surrounding this Bitcoin halving. Do you feel we're going to reach a cycle peak the year of the halving? Or do you think it'll be the year preceding the halving as history has shown us? Please do let me know your thoughts, fam. Let's now get to our next story of the day as Bitcoin continues its pumpage. And come on, let's send this Bitcoin price to 38,500. Hit a new 18-month high so we can smash 40,000 next major psychological level. Let's freaking go. But anyways, our next story, let's discuss everything related to Bitcoin ETFs, shall we? Buy the rumor, sell the news. Bitcoin ETF may spark trade fi sell-off. That's right. Bitcoin may suffer when the first spot ETF is approved by the U.S., according to a new warning. In a thread on November 28th, Joshua Lim, head of derivatives at capital market firm Genesis Trading, predicted a volatile start to 2024 for the Bitcoin price action. But interestingly, it's the head of a derivatives exchange, the one telling us to be prepared that something negative can happen to the price action when we get the spot 
Interesting. Hmm. I'm a little sus, but let's read it nonetheless. Bitcoin is already a target for traditional finance or trade fi, which is betting on winning big out of the spot ETF approval. Here's what he shared. We know the trade fi guys, the macro tourists are already long crypto ahead of the ETF news. They have built the position over the last few months and are now paying handsomely to roll it. The thread explained alongside data covering open interest on the CME groups, Bitcoin futures, quoting them here, commitment of traders data showing asset managers increased length by about $1 billion since the end of September. And here in this chart, you can see the open interest of the CME Bitcoin futures. And uh, yeah, the signs are there in performance of the first Bitcoin futures ETF, which is BITO, as well as stocks of crypto firms such as US exchange Coinbase and the latter up to a 250% year to date. Now, while generating buzz and emboldening the institutional adoption narrative behind Bitcoin, the party could nonetheless quickly fizzle once the spot ETF is actually given the green light. This limb and others suggest would be a classic by the rumor, sell the news event. Quoting him here, what does it all mean? TradeFi is already long and probably thinking about when to exit this trade around ETF announcement. Expect retail to pile in and expect TradeFi guys to exit 2021 tops and basis were prior to coin and BITO listings. Now, will the gold ETF rerun? Lim is also alone in wondering if the ETF approval will ultimately leave lay investors disadvantaged. Responding, James Stratton, research and data analyst at Crypto Insights firm CryptoSlate, channeled history to support the concerns. Quitting him here, when the gold ETF was introduced November of 2004, it opened at around 45 bucks and dropped to approximately $41 by May of 2005. However, it saw an impressive 268% increase over the subsequent seven years. Now, on a more optimistic interim note, popular trader Jelly remarked that institutional interest had not been dented by this week's news stories, including the $4.3 billion settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice and Binance. Now, CME futures, he stressed, continue to trade at a premium over the Bitcoin spot price, as he shares on X. Interesting to note that throughout all of the courtroom drama, the institutions are accumulating BTC. The CME currently has a $350 premium to the Bitfinex spot price, and it had consistently traded at a premium for well over a month. And I looked at some of the charts earlier Earlier, and if I'm not mistaken, some of these futures exchanges, Bitcoin was already trading $800 higher than the spot price action. And we all know that derivatives exchanges can manipulate the price action. But the difference between futures and a spot Bitcoin ETF is true price discovery. So you got to ask yourself, why hasn't the SEC, Gary Gensler, the chairman, the sheriff of crypto, allowed the spot ETF, but has allowed multiple futures ETFs? Because with derivatives, they can manipulate the market. They cannot manipulate when there is true price discovery, which we will finally have for the first time in an ETF market once we get the Bitcoin spot ETF finally approved. So really, there is no comparison between the gold ETF and a spot Bitcoin ETF because the spot Bitcoin ETF is unprecedented. We've never had anything like it in history. And it's the first asset with a finite limited supply, whereas they'll find more gold every year. That's just a fact. We're going to be discussing Bitcoin going on a rally to 48,000, then the Charles Hoskinson rant and the debate between him and Adam Back. And then we'll dive into Fidelity's $1 billion price prediction for the King Crypto and what year they're anticipating this, along with some math if they were to allocate 5% of their assets under management into Bitcoin. But first, let's break 
break down this 48,000 rally, shall we? Because this may be coming a lot sooner than you guys think. Bitcoin may cruise to nearly 50 Gs, baby, as the US okays the first spot Bitcoin ETF. Now, a flagged by popular analyst CryptoCon, the Ichimoku cloud indicator is counting down to the upside Bitcoin price continuation. Bitcoin is in a rare position right now in the weekly timeframes when it comes to the Ichimoku cloud. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that term right. You guys let me know. Now, the indicator combining past, present, and future trading cues suggests the Bitcoin price gains have only yet begun. Let's go. Uh, CryptoCon delivered a specific target on what could happen next. Now, the Ichimoku's leading spans have crossed, leading to the formation of a new upside cloud. And with the lagging span, the Chico breaking out of the resistance price should now logically head higher. Quoting him here, the weekly Ichimoku cloud called our last Bitcoin rise, the 38,000, two months in advance with the cross projected into the future. Now we wait for it to fill its next calls. The completion of our rise and the first target of 43,000. This has taken anywhere from seven to 11 weeks from the cross. On average of 10 weeks means our move completes in early January. So there you have it. This is suggesting Bitcoin surpassing roughly the 43,000 mark in January, just a few weeks out. Now, CryptoCon added that 30, I'm sorry, 43.2 was in fact the most conservative level and that 48,000 was a suitable ceiling. There's a good price range for you. Even with some pause in between, the indicator that looks into the future says we are not done. So hence, we're not done. We're just getting this party started. What are your thoughts? Now, the Ichimoku's timing is arguably interesting as its targets. Should traditional timing play out based on previous bull markets, the 48,000 move should come in early January, coinciding with the expected ETF approval date. That's right. Right around that same time, fam, it's about to be lit. Little is known about what U.S. regulators have in store or which specific ETF products, if any, will get the green light first. In fact, there's a lot of speculation. They may all be approved at around that same time to avoid showing favoritism and to avoid some lawsuits. But in the meantime, the U.S. SEC, which determines what ETFs come to market, continues to pressure the crypto sentiment with enforcement actions against Binance, the world's largest exchange, which we know just had to pay a $4.3 billion fine. They also have been attacking uh, other exchanges such as Kraken. In fact, 10 months ago, they had to settle for $30 million. And now they've come around for round two, deeming 16 cryptos listed on the Kraken exchange as unregistered securities, including Solana, including uh, Polygon Slashmatic, and so many other cryptocurrencies. So let me know your thoughts surrounding this latest development. But anyways, you guys wanted to hear about the latest with the rant from Charles Hoskinson. How many of you watched the rant? I saw it from Altcoin Daily. They shared it. Here was the original post that was shared. Charles Hoskinson, this is the Cardano founder, goes off on the SEC and Bitcoin while getting a pass, while Cardano uh, and crypto have to suffer. And he's like pretty upset. He's like, why do the Bitcoin moon boys get a free pass and we have to suffer? Let me know if you heard the rant. He curses and everything and clearly is very upset. And this actually sparked a debate, which was uh, very interesting. Adam Back responded, it's very simple. Bitcoin did not do an ICO. Most people thought it had no value, but it was mined from zero. It is the 
decentralized. There is no CEO, ICO, war chested foundation and corporation, etc. So Cardano, ETH, etc. clearly pass Howie. Bitcoin is a commodity and does not. Then Huskinson responded, there was no Cardano ICO. There was an airdrop onto a distribution and then thousands of people who never met each other traded Cardano on exchanges and used Cardano for their projects. A voucher sale of a different asset outside the United States priced in yen, settled in Bitcoin, explained in Japanese to Japanese citizens, and without a single U.S. participant does not constitute an ICO of ADA. Back responded, I am sure you have legal advice to not say certain things. So are at a slight disadvantage in discussing, but an airdrop and a premin and some market making is still an ICO, plus obvious management team reliance for expectation of profit, etc. Hoskinson responded, an airdrop is not an ICO. Even the SEC has left this ambiguous. Ask the SEC what the statues of EOS is after their settlement with Block One. There was no public offering of Cardano from a centralized source. There was one by Ethereum for Ether, and they apparently aren't a security. So that can't even be the standard. I am done with the Bitcoin community, calling everyone who isn't Bitcoin ishcoin scammers. I am done with Team Orange lobbying the United States government to criminalize everything but Bitcoin. I am done with the sad arguments that mining somehow is different when Satoshi was the sole miner for months with Bitcoin and had absolute power over the network. He stayed anonymous by his own admission because of legal ambiguity. I am sorry, running a network yourself for a year, getting 10% of the supply, and uh, then selling them isn't somehow morally superior to proof of stake. The public supply of Cardano was distributed by tens of thousands of Japanese people trading on the secondary market after the network launch. So there you have it. There's some back and forth between Adam Back and Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano. Let me know which one you agree with more. Do you think Cardano, um, you know what I mean, is a security as the SEC is deeming it? Or do you think he makes a good point in his argument and his debate with Adam Back? Uh, let me know. And maybe I'll read a little more from the story here. Um, he says, if you subpoena an attack about three different entities, you can perform a 51% attack on Bitcoin. This is quoting, again, Charles Hoskinson from this interview, because that's the way the hash power works. But it is decentralized, apparently, and Team Orange gets a complete pass. So clearly, he doesn't like Bitcoin or Team Orange, just FYI. He's very perturbed, to say the least. In describing the SEC treatment of Bitcoin as an absolutely pathetic joke, Hoskinson queried the difference between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. Explain it to me like I'm five years old. Run the how we test on it and show me the difference between the two, he said, arguing the Bitcoin's orange pill moon boys have an expectation of returns and accusing uh, right here the SEC of wasting hundreds of millions of dollars in a uh, ferric war uh, that's being fought on the industry. The founder said that eventually they'll lose the court case after court case that they have already have and will continue. And then at some point I will stop and there will be no apology. That is not going to be any money that comes back. So it sounds like he knows the end of his road is near because the SEC is clearly going to be going after him. And railing against the unaccountable government and regulators, he also praised libertarian lawmakers, saying that the only people that seem to improve the situation are the people that are unraveling the government, quoting him one last time here. The entire reason cryptocurrencies exist is that we are trying to collectively reestablish the social contract because the social contract is horrifically broken. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree with Hoskinson or what are your thoughts surrounding Cardano? Do you feel it's an unlicensed security? Let me know, fam. Now let's break down 
Our breaking story of the day, Fidelity, the $4.5 trillion asset manager, predicts the Bitcoin price action hitting $1 billion per coin. That's right. Let's discuss it, shall we? Here's the headline. Can Bitcoin achieve Fidelity's $1 billion price target by 2038? That's the deadline for the target. We're going to be discussing this in great detail, but I also wanted to share something that was shared by Bitcoin for Freedom. He wrote here, Fidelity has talked about a 5% allocation into Bitcoin. If the other asset managers of the spot ETFs do the same, here's what can happen. 17 trillion assets under management times 5% equals $850 billion. Using the BOF a bull market multiple, 850 billion times 118 equals 100 trillion in the Bitcoin market cap. 100 trillion divided by 19 and a half million coins equals 5.13 million per BTC. So there's some math. And someone chimed in here. Someone put possible, most likely. And someone else wrote, if 850 billion tries to chase available Bitcoin, then the price will exceed 5 million per Bitcoin quite a bit. Maxis are unshakable. Amen. HODL is real. Supply shock. It's about to be a thing, and the mines will melt when retail and institutions start FOMOing. I say FOMO like a mofo. Let's go, go. I'm also going to be sharing with you 10 key points that Fidelity recently shared in a report on why investors should consider Bitcoin. Now they have over 43 million investors currently trusting Fidelity. So this is a pretty big deal when it comes to mass adoption. And as pointed out here, there's currently 12 plus spot Bitcoin ETFs that are ready to launch right now. But there is this this one ugly man standing in the way by the name of Chairman Gary Gensler. So come on, Gary, do the right thing here for once. And uh, as Plan B shares here, creator of the Bitcoin stock to flow model, ETF approval should come before April 2024, Bitcoin halving, or else the ETFs will have little upside left. Now, stock to flow shows you the price action surpassing 100,000, going as high as a million post 2024 having. If you didn't watch my episode I did yesterday, predicting Bitcoin hitting, I think the target was 524,000 per coin post Bitcoin having, then be sure to check it out because I broke down the math and all the details and quoting the great plan B. And in other uh, news here, Mike Alfred shared, when BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF is approved, they will need to acquire several hundred thousand BTC to fulfill the end customer demand. There is no way they can acquire this much Bitcoin without moving the price significantly. This is the core issue they are actively working on now, hence why they are investing in Bitcoin miners would make sense to me. And as Crypto Rover shares, only a few will understand. The BlackRock Bitcoin Spot ETF has a one-to-one -one backing with real BTC. This will push Bitcoin above 100,000 almost instantly. You are early to the game. Amen. Can you say $100,000 fiesta in Puerto Rico? Let's freaking go. Now let's break down some of the math on Fidelity's $1 billion price prediction. This all starts to come from Jurian Timmer, the lady on the thumbnail of today's show. That's Abigail Johnson. She she is the female version of Larry Fink. She is the CEO of Fidelity, the four and a half trillion asset manager, and her grandfather actually founded Fidelity, just FYI. But now let's talk about Jurian Timmer. The director of global macro of Fidelity put forth the notion that Bitcoin has the potential to reach the value of one billion per coin in roughly 
two decades from the time he originally made the prediction, which would take us to the year 2038, roughly 15 years from today's date. To support his forecast, Timmer employed a combination of models and charts with a particular focus on the stock to flow model and his own demand model. And I just zoomed it in a little so you can see better on the screen. Let me know if this works. These analytical tools form the foundation of his primary prediction, which you can see here. It shows you the Bitcoin supply and demand models. This above demand model employs Metcalf's law. And according to this, the number of its users grows linearly. A network's value uh, or by inference of the Bitcoin price grows geometrically. This means that the utility and the adoption of Bitcoin are expected to grow more rapidly compared to its network of users, exchanges, ATMs, and participating retailers. Therefore, this model predicted the Bitcoin will reach $1 million by 2030. And I know you've heard that prediction before. Coming from ARK Invest is Kathy Wood. She has her bull scenario at 1.48 million per BTC by the year 2030. Her bear scenario is like roughly 265,000 and her base case stands strong at 650,000 per BTC. Now in contrast, Timmer's stock to flow supply model notes the event of significant price surges during each halving event. Consequently, when considering this model in conjunction with other factors, it foresees a price range of 1 million to 10 million per coin for Bitcoin by the year 2030. So there you have it. We can do 10x the target of Kathy Wood by that same time frame. Now, Timmer's demand model is more inclined towards reflecting the bottom of the Bitcoin price. And on the other hand, we have the stock to flow model, which seems to provide a better approximation for the peak of Bitcoin. However, it's worth noting the disparity between these two models widening significantly beyond the year 2030. The reason behind this gap is expected to be the changing value of the US dollar. That's right. What if the dollar experiences hyperinflation like the Argentine peso? That's when this prediction becomes very realistic. So let's discuss it. Timmer proposes that the value of the dollar undergoes fluctuations over time when compared to other assets. For example, if $1 was invested in stocks during the 18th century, its present-day value would be roughly $4 billion. Talk about hyperinflation. Good Lord, US dollar. Now, similarly, Timmer implied that if $1 million is invested today, it can grow to a billion dollars in a span of 20 years. This further revealed that the purchasing power of the dollar has significantly reduced due to factors like inflation and depreciation. Thus, Timmer's statement implied that keeping a fixed amount of dollars for many years may lead to reduced purchasing power due to the assets changing value. So there you have it. So is this milestone still achievable for the King coin? Please do let me know your thoughts because now I actually want to share with you the uh, 10 things to uh, things to consider according to Fidelity and why you should invest into the King crypto. This is a report they released, I think, uh, back in September, a few months ago. Let me break this down for you. I should be able to pull this up. Let me see. Maybe I got to click on it. There we go. Here we go. We're going to read for you the 10 points uh, starting here. Fidelity finds Bitcoin is the best money, clearly, quoting them in the report. Bitcoin clearly possesses a lot of good qualities of money, combining the scarcity and durability of gold with the ease of use, storage, and transportability of fiat. And as you can see here, comparing side by side gold with Bitcoin and fiat currency when it comes to durability, divisibility, fungibility, portability, verifiable, scarce, and the track record with Bitcoin clearly being on top. Now, they also explain 
the virtuous cycle of Bitcoin, quoting them here, this Bitcoin network competition is likely to result in a winner-take-all scenario as the network grows and becomes more valuable, which ultimately means there is no second best. The winner takes all. And you can see the cycle here they refer to as the virtuous cycle of reflectivity of Bitcoin. Next up, they compare Bitcoin to the invention of the wheel. Quoting the report, the invention of the wheel represented an entirely new tech that once invented can never be reinvented. Similarly, never in human history had the problem of peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash been solved until BTC. And they also share, Fidelity is amazed Bitcoin survived. Every minute, hour, day, and year the Bitcoin survives increases its chances of continuing into the future. People would probably underestimate all of the negative events the Bitcoin has already endured. There's like 10,000 arbituaries from the mainstream, right? But we're still here, fam. We're still going strong. They also share Fidelity provides hard numerical data showing how secure Bitcoin is compared to the altcoins, quoting them here. In terms of sheer computational power required to alter the network's consensus, Bitcoin far exceeds any remaining proof-of-work competitors. And as I shared yesterday, the Bitcoin hash rate just surpassed 500 quintillion exahashes per second, which is yet a new all-time high, which ultimately means the network for Bitcoin has never been this secure and strong. They also share here, Fidelity compares Bitcoin to the internet. The internet protocol suite known as TCP IP is an open source based layer, applications on top of which to be built. So owning Bitcoin would be akin to being able to own the base layer of the internet. So how many of you own some Bitcoin? Make some noise because guess what? It's equivalent to owning the base layer of the internet. That's a pretty big deal, my fam. Now they also write, Bitcoin continues to dominate the market cap of all competing crypto tokens. That's right. As of today, the Bitcoin market cap is roughly 52 plus percent of the entire crypto market, and that can go up to 70, 80 percent. There's no telling how high it shall climb as Bitcoin, after all, is the apex predator, right? They also say Fidelity agrees Bitcoin is useful. It appears at this point that Bitcoin has found the role in the digital asset ecosystem as a scarce store value asset at the very least. Amen. And I think there's one more point they make here. Fidelity concludes Bitcoin should be considered first and separate from all other digital assets that have followed it. Word up. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Fidelity and what's your thoughts surrounding their $1 billion price target in the next 15 years by the year 2038. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and also surrounding the major asset managers such as Fidelity and others just allocating 5% of their assets under management into Bitcoin, taking the Bitcoin price to five plus million dollars per coin. I broke down the math, now you know. Let's go. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.